Good afternoon, everyone. <clears throat> On the update this Wednesday, it can truly happen in a New York minute. Tragedy. One person's been killed, five others injured in a parking garage collapse in Lower Manhattan. We'll have the latest available information. A grand jury indictment that was unsealed is naming five men in connection to the drugging deaths of the two men as part of a criminal operation to steal money. Darius Garland, he scored 32 and 26 while splitting, setting an aggressive tone for Cleveland in the first half. And the Cavs evened up their Eastern Conference playoff series with the Knicks at one game apiece. And in the American West in Oregon, their pioneering experiment with legalized magic mushrooms is taking a step closer to reality as the first facilitators who will accompany clients as they experience the drug received their state licenses. This is the update. Wednesday, April the 19th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. Happy hump day to all of you out there as we keep moving on right along. We're moving on. I can't. I want to sing the rest of the song, but unfortunately, as we all know, I can't because of rights issues. But yeah, we are just moving right along. We're strolling right along on the road to um, the road to uh, summer, or at least the road to May, because you know they're equally in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian, and of course, folks, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever wherever you may be, and however, of course, you may be listening to us. Lots of news to catch you up on, as for the usual. We're going to begin this Wednesday with a saying in this city, if you've lived here for a certain point, anything can truly happen in the span of a New York minute. And that goes to include tragedy. One person has been killed, five others injured, in a parking garage collapse down in Lower Manhattan. Officials say that cars were crushed as the concrete floors fell on top of each other like a stack of pancakes. Authorities believe that everyone inside has been accounted for, but the searchers are continuing uh, to make sure that no one was in any of the squashed cars. The garage caved in at around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, just a few blocks from City Hall, the Brooklyn Bridge, and about a half mile from the New York Stock Exchange. It's not immediately clear, though, what caused this particular collapse. (laughs) 
on to some of the other news of this Wednesday. And there's a grand jury indictment that's been unsealed yesterday. It names five men in connection to the drugging deaths of the two men as part of a criminal operation to steal money. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office said that the group targeted men at bars and clubs, befriending them and then plying them with potent and dangerous drugs. When the victims became incapacitated, they were robbed of their wallets and cell phones, which were used to make purchases and digitally siphon money from their bank accounts. Recently, we told you about a story about um, a group of people who were driven to the wrong house, and then the homeowner shot them in retaliation. When Karen Gillis and her friends took a wrong turn into an upstate New York driveway last weekend, they wound up on the property of a man bitter about people driving onto his land by mistake. At least that's according to a neighbor of the landowner, Kevin Monahan. The county sheriff says Monahan opened fire on the car carrying Gillis on Saturday night, killing her. Monahan is facing a charge of murder. His neighbor said that he'd become more and more upset in the last few years of people making wrong turns into his driveway. His lawyer says that the slaying was a, quote, tragedy, but that his client is not a villain. The CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, is must undergo up to two days of questioning, but the lawyers handling the lawsuits over whether the bank can be held liable in financier Jeffrey Epstein's sexual abuse of teenage girls and women. Judge Jed Rakoff yesterday ordered Dimon to choose days to be deposed. The bank here in New York has been sued by the government of the U.S. Virgin Islands, and a woman identified as Jane Doe was allegedly abused by Epstein. They contend J.P. Morgan should have seen evidence of Epstein's sex trafficking. Uh, J.P. Morgan spokesman Darren Adoye called the deposition request a media stunt because the plaintiff's lawyers know that the CEO has no relevant knowledge. To the state capitol in Albany we go now, where the Senate has confirmed Rowan Wilson as the state's first black chief judge. The vote yesterday came two months after lawmakers dealt Governor Hochul a political defeat by rejecting her initial nominee for the top court post. Wilson has been an associate judge for the Court of Appeals since 2017. Hochul had tapped him earlier this month to lead the seven-member high court and oversee the state's judicial system. The confirmation vote is ending months of conflict between Hochul and her fellow Democrats in control of the Senate over the direction of the court. Out east in Hartford, Connecticut, a group of divers there have now discovered the wreckage of an experimental submarine built in 1907 and later scuttled in the Long Island Sound. The Defender, a 92-foot boat, was found Sunday off the coast of Old Saybrook by a team led by Richard Simon, a 
commercial diver from Coventry, Connecticut. Simon had, sent, had spent several months going over the known sonar and underwater mapping surveys of the bottom of the sound to identify any anomaly that fit the size of the sub. His team found the sub in over 150 feet of water and plans to spend the summer photographing and documenting the wreck. Meanwhile, in a tale from the U.S. Supreme Court, they say that New Jersey can withdraw from a commission that the state had created decades ago with New York to combat the mobs' influence at their joint port. The High Court ruled unanimously yesterday that the Garden State doesn't need New York's consent to withdraw from the Waterfront Commission of New York Harbor. The commission had been created in 1953 when organized crime had infiltrated the port and was demanding payments from workers and shippers through extortion and violence. New Jersey lawmakers have said that changes in the industry, including the development of container shipping, have lessened the influence of organized crime at the port and reduced the need for the commission. The state says that the commission has become a, quote, an impediment to economic growth. In other news, the former representative Liz Cheney has a memoir and a, quote, warning coming out this fall. In Oath and Honor, she will write about her estrangement from the former president and the Republican Party in the aftermath of the siege at the Capitol. Cheney, of course, is the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. She had been a leading Republican voice for many years. But she parted with many of her colleagues over Trump's false claims of voting fraud and her position as vice chair of the congressional committee that looked into the insurrection on January 6th. And finally, there are going to be films directed by Chelsea Peretti, David Duchovny, and Michael Shannon. They're going to premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival. As will documentaries about Dan Rather, Stan Lee, and Gloria Gaynor. Organizers announced yesterday that some 109 feature films, including 93 world premieres, will be screened at the New York Festival running June 7th through the 18th. Many of those will include movies directed by notable actors. Pretty will premiere First Time Female Director, in which she stars alongside Amy Poehler. Duchovny will, de will debut his Bucky Effing Dent, and Shannon will screen his Eric LaRue, starring Judy Greer and Alexander Skarsgård. Also playing are John Slattery's Maggie Moores and co-directors Lily Robbie and Hamish Linklatter's Downtown Owl. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how the Cavs even up their series with the Knicks at one game apiece. There's a woman who has two husbands, and apparently they cured her depression. Yeah, even I can't believe I said that. <laughs> 
And then we're going to talk the latest national news, including how Fox and Dominion voting systems down in Wilmington, Delaware, they reached a $787 million settlement in the voting machine company's defamation lawsuit. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brain and Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your husband is? This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You can say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You can ask with an app if it works for you. You can write him a text or knit him a sweater. If you can't be together, you can write him a letter. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you Chat on the game, kick off your flip-flops You can ask on your couch while you binge-watch However you do it, you gotta ask a friend And if they don't share, you can ask again Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking Reach out to a friend about their mental health Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. We now return to the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard 24-7 through summer 2023 for station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning Monday, February 27th, skip-stop service is not running from Jamaica Center Parsons Archer to Crescent Street. Trains will make local stops instead. For alternative service, use the Q56 bus, making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, we're temporarily closing the passageway between the 1, 2, and 3 trains at 14th Street and the L, F, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, and 3 trains and the F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you'll still be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. 
The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So the Knicks and the Cavs, they're doing battle in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And boy, is it a barn burner. Um, in Cleveland, Darius Garland scored 32. 26 of them in the first half while setting an aggressive tone for the Cavs. And they even their Eastern Conference playoff series against the Knicks at one game apiece with a 107-90 win. Garland scored 15 in the second when Cleveland tightened down defensively and dominated the Knicks. The Cavs forced nine turnovers on the way to opening a 20-point halftime lead, and they managed to push it to 29 in the fourth quarter. Karis LeVert scored 24, and Donovan Mitchell added 17, and a career playoff-high 13 assists for the Cavs. Julius Randle scored 22, and Jalen Brunson had 20 for the Knicks, who will host Game 3 at the Garden on Friday night. From the hardwood, we go to the ice. Game 1 between the Rangers and the Devils. First round of a Stanley Cup playoffs. Over at the Rock in Newark, Igor Shesterkin stopped 27 shots. Chris Kreider scored two power play goals. And the Rangers stunned the Devils 5-1 in Game 1. Dressing that three times fast. <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan Lindgren, and Philip Cheadle also scored for the Rangers. Adam Fox had four assists, and Artemi Panarin had two in, his, in this seventh re renewal of this river rivalry in the postseason. The Devils, who set franchise records with 112 points and 52 wins, just never got their game going. The only goal came on a penalty shot by Jack Hughes, late. From uh, the ice, we go over to the hardwood. No, that's wrong. From the ice, we go over to the diamond. There we go. Uh, Shoei Otani homered on the 100th anniversary of the original Yankee Stadium. Following Babe Ruth's example with a two-run drive in the first inning that started the Angels to a 5-2 win over the Yanks. In a starry matchup that included three AL MVPs, 
Otani turned on an 88-mile-per-hour sweeper from Clark Schmidt and hit it almost 117 miles per hour into the Yankee bullpen in right center, 391 feet from home plate. Roof had a three-run homer when the original Yankee Stadium opened across the street on April 18, 1923. Speaking of the Yanks, Giancarlo Stanton likely to be out for six weeks because of a strained left hamstring the latest in a series of injuries for the Yankees lover. He hasn't played a full season since 2018, the first year the Yanks acquired him from the Marlins. He was hurt on Saturday. The Yankees placed him on the injured list the following day, his seventh trip to the injured or disabled list in five seasons with the Yanks and his 11th in 14 major league seasons. Meanwhile, Mets and Dodgers playing the late game out west. Clayton Kershaw delivered a vintage performance for his 200th career win, pitching seven splendid innings of three at ball as the Dodgers defeated the Mets 5-0. J.D. Martinez, excuse me, J.D. Martinez, homered twice, drove in four, uh, finishing with four hits to help the Dodgers stop the Mets' five-game winning streak. Kershaw struck out nine to pass Mickey Lolich for 22nd place on the career list with 2,833 strikeouts. The three-time Cy Young Award winner improved to 288 over 16 Major League seasons, the best winning percentage among the 117 pitchers to win 200 games. The only one of them with a lower career ERA than Kershaw is the Hall of Famer Walter Johnson. More injury news for the Mets as well. They're going to be placing another starting pitcher on the IL after placing Carlos Carrasco on the 15-day IL with elbow inflammation. Right-handed reliever Jeff Brigham was recalled from AAA Syracuse. Carrasco joins right-hander Justin Verlander and left-hander, left-hander Jose Quintana on the IL. Verlander is expected to throw live BP on Sunday to make a rehab start as soon as the end of April. Uh, Verlander threw a bullpen on Tuesday, according to manager Buck Showalter. Carrasco, meanwhile, he felt soreness during a side session between starts this week. An examination confirmed swelling in his elbow when he was sent back to New York. He was put on the IL retroactive to the 16th. And it's a much-needed good news for a change. Bill's safety, Jamar Hamlin, took to the podium out in Orchard Park and declared he's ready to resume his football career some four months after going into cardiac arrest and having to be resuscitated on the field during the game. Hamlin says his, quote, heart is still in the game and adds that what happened on the field in Cincinnati is not the end of his story. He spoke after participating in the team's voluntary workout program yesterday. Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, says that Hamlin was cleared to play after meeting with a third and final specialist Friday. The second-year player from the Pittsburgh area, of course, collapsed on the field after making what appeared to be a routine tackle in a game back on January 2nd against the Bengals. 
Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, we are talking... Uh, we're going to talk about a woman who uh, defeated depression with polyarmory. Is it thruples therapy? No therapist, though? No problem. And then we're going to talk together the latest national news, including in Boston how a Massachusetts Air National Guardsman charged with leaking highly classified military documents is due back in court after, for a hearing to decide whether he should remain behind bars while he awaits trial. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns after these messages. From New York, try our delicious free tap water. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, Linda, wolf? Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh, ooh! What about the tiny dog? What does the turkey say? Whale. Whale sound. To the giraffe. Giraffe, really? Okay. Giraffe. 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 You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed it is, folks. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of uh, April for us around here. The second to last one, actually. Doesn't feel like the time is just flying by sometimes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us, of course. You know, if you've ever listened to this program... You know, we talk about a lot of weird things on here. But this might rank up there among possibly some of the weirdest. Uh, let me explain. Is this Thurple's therapy? No therapist, though? No problem. A Brazilian social media star claims that she beat depression by having two partners and with plans to add a third manti depressant to the mix. Uh, Larry Ingrid, known as Larissa, uh, described her unorthodox mental health remedy on, uh, should I get this right here? See Liga VM on the channel TV, Vernis Mares, according to Jam Press, quote, 
I don't have depression anymore. The 27-year-old is simultaneously involved with Italo Silva, age 25, and Joao Victor, age 18, with whom she has a daughter and a son, respectively. The singer frequently shares updates about their romantic trifecta with her nearly 2 million followers on TikTok. Ingrid, who also has over 360,000 Instagram followers, had reportedly met Silva eight years ago with the idea that they'd be starting a standard relationship. However, things took a turn after both suggested that they have fun with other romantic partners, planting the seeds for a polyamorous arrangement. Uh, Ingrid accepted the hubby's terms and opted to choose childhood Victor for the third member of their Mirage à Trois. I can't believe I actually think I got that right. Damn, my line is good. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Ingrid said, quote, I've known Joao since I was a child. He used to live next door to my mom, but he left, and I remained good friends with his mother. When he came back, this handsome guy wanted to kiss me, so we kissed, and here we are today. It was bigger than all of us. Um, Victor was, of course, initially hesitant about dating someone with a partner, but eventually agreed to the romantic triad after the three, quote, entered into an agreement to stay together. Uh, the third wheel of one realized that this was the only way he'd ever be involved with the woman he loved. Victor said of becoming the third tine of the trident, quote, I've always liked her since I was young. I already had this idea of being with her, but she made it clear that wouldn't happen. As I wanted to stay with her regardless, I accepted. And thus, shortly thereafter, a thruple was formed. Uh, Ingrid's arrangement is uncommon in that it involves a woman with multiple male partners, known as polyandry. Far more common, as a term you might be familiar with, is polygamy in which men take multiple wives or long-term female partners. Uh, well, both of them, by the way, are illegal in Brazil, polygamy, quote, has been decriminalized, having led to newsworthy accounts of cohabitation, according to the scholarly community encyclopedia. Ingrid, for one, declared that seeing two men in tandem has worked wonders for her mental health. Joke the first-time polygamist, I don't have time to be depressed anymore. They are my husbands. Adding that it's great to have two men washing the dishes and cleaning the house for her. Um, as of yet, the mental health benefits of juggling multiple partners have not been scientifically proven. However, a 2015 E.C. Davis study on polygamy in Tanzania found that, quote, sharing a husband may, in some circumstances, lead to greater health and greater, greater health and wealth for women and their children. Also, doubling up on hobbies may have had the opposite effect on the psychological state of this person's family members, who initially had a hard time accepting their lifestyle choice. Said Victor, quote, it was complicated for my family, but over time they saw it wasn't an arrangement from out of this world, and ending up accepting it. Ironically, though, it's the two men who haven't come to terms with sharing women. Silva, who initially floated the idea, said that he and Victor all get jealous 
Well, the other man is with Ingrid. He even considers Victor's daughter his, and sports a tattoo with both their names along with his sons. Uh, despite the long simmering resentments, partner number one insists that the thruple never fights. Uh, when we feel jealous, we talk about it, and it's resolved. That might not be the only way that they put their issues to bed. Uh, Ingrid, for one, suspects that her two both seek pleasure outside the confines of menage, which she reportedly understands that she'll never welcome another woman into the fold. Although the wife admitted that expanding her harem to three men could be an option. Uh, in the realm of having simultaneous squeezes, Ingrid's arrangement pales in comparison to compatriot and notorious polygamist Arthur O. Urso. This man boasts six wives and plans to have a baby with each and every one of them. I'm not even sure there's anything I can truly even add to that. So I'm just going to move on and say... <laughs> I'm just going to move on and say that national news it is next for us around here, of course. When the update of Brain Julian continues... From New York, rated M.A. for language, violence, and sexual activity. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're live here outside the Perez family home, just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but Mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like Mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. From New York, built on the site of an ancient mafia burial ground. This is the update with Brad and Juliet, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back uh, to the update, Brad and Julian, on a uh, Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of April for us around here, of course. Thank you so much. Of course, folks, for still being here with us. We're talking together right now. Yeah, that's not the right thing I say. <laughs> there we go. Let us talk together, I should say. Right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin in Wilmington, Delaware, where Fox and Dominion voting systems, they've reached a nearly $800 million 
settlement in the voting machine company's defamation lawsuit. The agreement adverts a trial in a case that exposed how the top-rated network chased viewers by promoting lies about the 2020 presidential election. Dominion lawyer Justin Nelson said that the deal shows that the truth matters and lies have consequences. Dominion had asked for over $1.5 billion in arguing that Fox had damaged his reputation by helping peddle phony conspiracy theories about his equipment switching votes from the former president to Democrat Joe Biden. In other news, we are going to go over to Boston, where a Massachusetts Air National Guardsman that's been charged with leaking highly classified military documents is due back in court for a hearing to decide whether he should remain behind bars while he awaits trial. Jack Teixeira was arrested by heavily armed tactical agents at his Massachusetts home last week on charges under the Espionage Act of unauthorized retention and transmission of classified national defense information. During his first court appearance in Boston's federal court on Friday, a magistrate judge ordered him to remain in custody until today's detention hearing. Teixeira is accused of sharing highly classified military documents about the war in Ukraine and other top national security issues in a chat room on Discord. Out in Kansas City, Missouri, as Ralph Yarl is struggling to come to grips with being shot after going to the wrong house to pick up his younger brothers, the white Kansas City homeowner who shot shot the 16, the, the black 16-year-old is facing his day in court. An attorney for the Yarl family says the case should qualify as a hate crime, and that Yarl was armed only with his, quote, black skin. 84-year-old Andrew Lester has been charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action. He posted bond yesterday and was released. Uh, Yarl is at home recovering. Supporters gathered at a rally last night. Charles' mother said he is doing, quote, considerably well, but he, quote, mostly just sits there and stares, and the bucket of tears just rolls down his eyes. And down in Washington, uh, Republicans are jump-starting an immigration and border enforcement package. The House Judiciary Committee is going to be digging into a proposal that would remake immigration law, including giving Homeland Security, giving, I should say, the Homeland Security Secretary the power to stop migrants from entering the United States if the Secretary determines that the U.S. has lost, quote, operational control of the border. But so far, House Republicans have failed to unify behind a plan. Some Latino Republicans want to see the House prioritize pathways to legal citizenship as well. There is more national news for us to discuss 
and we will address those, of course, uh, when the update Brain of Julian returns 60 seconds. <coughs> Hello? Man, where are you? This wedding is lit. I thought you were coming. Oh, I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? You didn't get a flu shot? Uh, <coughs> I wish I did. I can't believe I'm missing out on Greg's wedding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd, sir. Grandma's about to what? <coughs> what? Man, I'll call you back. <coughs> oh, man. <coughs> Sounds like another case of flu FOMO. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. It keeps you protected and also protects your loved ones. Protecting our community can't wait. So why get stuck inside with the flu? Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Welcome back uh, to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of April for us around here, of course. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Uh, we're talking together right now, of course, uh, the latest national news. We're going to go down to St. Petersburg in Florida, where four Americans were affiliated with a black empowerment and political organization have been charged, along with three Russians, with conspiring to covertly sow discord in U.S. society, spread Russian propaganda, and interfere in U.S. elections. An indictment unsealed yesterday adds the new defendants to an existing case in Tampa, Florida, in a federal court there, involving Alexander Ionov, described by prosecutors as the founder of a Moscow-based uh, organization funded by the Russian government to carry out an influence campaign in the United States. The four Americans are all part of the Africans, African People's Socialist Party and the Uhuru Movement, which has locations in St. Petersburg and in St. Louis, Missouri. In other news, we're going to go out to the American West in Los Angeles, where coroner's report says that the singer and rapper Aaron Carter accidentally drowned in his bathtub as a result of sedatives he had taken and gas used in spray cleaners that he had inhaled. Carter, of course, is the younger brother of the Backstreet Boys' Nick Carter. He was found submerged and dead in the bathtub of his home in Lancaster, California, back on November 5th. According to the autopsy report from the L.A. County Medical Examiner slash coroner, a medical sedative was found in his system, as was a, comp a compressed gas that the coroner says is commonly used as a propellant in air spray cleaners. The report says the gas can, quote, induce feelings of euphoria when inhaled. And finally, we're going to go over to Salem in Oregon, where the state's pioneering experiment with legalized magic mushrooms has taken a step closer to reality, as the first facilitators who will accompany clients as they experience the drug receive their state licenses. Voters approved the regulated use of 
psilocybin in a 2020 ballot measure. And the anticipation has been building for the day when a person can gain access to the drug, studies indicate has therapeutic value. Hundreds of people have invested thousands of dollars apiece. Some worry that the rollout is proceeding too slowly. There are no service centers where customers would have access to psilocybin have been licensed, nor has any laboratory where the products must be tested for potency. I'll let you guys ponder on that as we say in uh, the words of Walter Cronkite, uh, that is the way it is. Uh, Wednesday, April the 19th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday, folks. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news folks will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, folks, please, please be well. One woman ate all the toppings off of her boyfriend's pizza, and he called her a savage, classy, bougie ratchet. <laughs> that was a terrible impersonation of Megan Mustaya. I apologize for that. But <laughs> uh, let's talk about that in a lot more, too, of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here.